Luke chapter 23 in our text today. My mother was in a nursing home for five years. I visited her every day at noontime. And at one point, because of her disease, she hadn't spoken to me for several weeks. But I would go and sit by her bed and just talk to her. After a while, I'd run out of things to say. <laughs> so I'd just say anything I could think of to fill the time. And I told her once that the night before on my way home from work, I'd stopped at a red light and I fell asleep before the light turned green and someone blew their horn and woke me up and got me going. Well, Mom opened her eyes and she turned her head and looked at me and she said, don't do that again. <laughs> it was the first thing she said to me in several weeks, don't do that again. She only, she only said it once. It took all of her strength and all of her concentration to say it. But it was the mother coming in her that was coming out. She cared about me and my well-being. She just had to correct me one last time because mothers love their sons. The Bible tells us, Dr. Luke, especially right in the beginning of the story of Jesus, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, kept the things about Jesus and pondered them in her heart. Of course, she loved Jesus, her oldest son, and she thought about him often. Now, we don't know for sure, but we might venture a guess that maybe it was Mary, Jesus' mother, who first decided to follow Jesus around as he traveled from town to town. And after a while, several women joined together and made a covenant to take care of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 8, he tells us, it came to pass afterwards that Jesus went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven de devils, and Joanna, the wife of Cudza, and Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. And so, besides Mary, Jesus' mother, there was Salome, Mary Magdalene, and another Mary and Joanna, another woman who joined the group and became Jesus' caretaker, bringing him bread, cooking his meals, providing his clothes, doing his laundry, providing drinks, and caring for his every need out of their own pockets, out of their love and devotion to Jesus. They were his willing servants, and they followed him around all through Galilee, watched his miracles, listened to his teachings, and fussed over him. And so it was when Jesus went to Jerusalem on that last time to attend Passover, though the law did not require that women should attend Passover, they followed anyway, and as was their habit, to Jerusalem, and I'm sure that they were a part of that joyful crowd 
that followed Jesus into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. On Thursday night of that week, when Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples, the women did not attend that because the size of the group was limited because of Passover laws. One lamb could only accommodate about 12 or 13 people. So it was the women were not there when Jesus was arrested early Friday morning. They had no access to Jesus on Friday morning because he was in Pilate's Hall on trial for his life. I'm sure the news spread quickly among Jesus' friends and followers that Jesus was on trial, but the first time the women could see him was when he was actually carrying his own cross on the road to Calvary. And my friends, what a sight they saw. Shocking, frightening. Jesus was bruised and swollen and all bloody, wearing a crown of thorn. It was then that their instincts kicked in and they wanted so much to tend to him to wash the wounds, to apply ointment and salve and aloes and tenderly care for him. But he was surrounded by Roman soldiers and they could not get near him. They followed him to the place where he was crucified and they watched as the soldiers nailed him to his cross. And a deep sorrow came over them as they watched him be lifted up on the cross. Their covenant to care for Jesus gave them a broken heart as they helplessly watched him suffer on a cross. Finally, when all the mocking crowd had cleared away, the women were able to get close up to the cross when they did, Jesus saw them, and he said to his mother, woman, behold thy son, as he pointed to or motioned towards John. And John, behold thy mother. So he gave John custody over his mother as he hung on a cross. The women refused to leave, and they stayed to watch the whole thing. And they sat in darkness, for three hours, and they heard him ask for a drink. And they heard him cry out, it is finished, and they saw him die. And with an overwhelming sense of depression, they watched the Roman soldiers push the spear up under his rib cage and pierce his heart. And the women saw the water and the blood pour out of that wound. And they felt the awful reality that Jesus was dead. In Luke chapter 23, we take it up at verse number 49. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off beholding these things. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor. He was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel indeed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. 
This man went on to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, where a never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. Still refusing to leave, they watched as Joseph, and we know Nicodemus, pulled the nails out of the cross, took his body off the cross, and Joseph and Nicodemus wrapped him in a cloth and carried the body a short distance from the cross to a garden. And the women watched as Joseph and Nicodemus quickly wrapped his body and carried the body inside the tomb and laid it on the stone slab in the back of the tomb. And then the awful moment came when the wedge that held the great stone in place was removed and that heavy stone rolled down into place in front of the door and loudly slammed into place. Jesus was dead and buried and they felt a heavy load on their hearts as if the weight of that great stone was pressing down on their hearts. And I sure... Some one of those ladies said, we're so jealous of Mary, Martha and Lazarus' sister. She anointed Jesus before he died. She wiped his feet with her hair before he died. She thought to do it all before he died. But we never got the chance. Mary was wise to care for Jesus before he died, but we never got to touch him. We never got to help. And so those faithful women made a decision. Verse 55, the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher, how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. It must have been a long, dreary Saturday. Restricted by Sabbath law, they could not go to the tomb on Saturday. But the women made plans. We will all meet at the tomb Sunday morning. And we'll do our last service to Jesus. We will carefully wash his body. And we will anoint his body with ointments and spices and lovingly rewrap his body, and we'll give him a proper burial. And then came Sunday morning. And so it was that starting from different places, the ladies left before dawn. And in the pre-dawn darkness, they begin to travel towards the tomb. Luke 24, verse 1. Upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing in spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord. I want you to clearly see something. It never occurred to them that Jesus was risen from the dead. They'd seen him die. They saw the spear, in particular, shoved into his heart. 
And they saw him buried, and he was dead. And now his body is gone. Apparently somebody had come and moved the body, so they had two questions. Who moved the body? And why did they move the body? Now, my friends, if we were to read each account from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, we would see that each story is a little bit different. Yet none of the accounts are wrong. It's easily explained by a simple yet logical bit of information. The ladies planned ahead of time to meet at the tomb on Sunday morning, but they left from different locations at slightly different times. They had expected to find the tomb as they had last seen it with a great big stone rolled in front of the door. And as they walk in the darkness, they're asking themselves, who is going to remove this heavy stone for us? When they arrive, the stone is already rolled away. So they kneel down, crawl into the four-foot door of the tomb. And to their surprise, no body. The tomb is empty. And here's where the story's slightly differ from gospel to gospel. Apparently, some of the ladies ran right back to the disciples and report that they had taken away the body of Jesus, and we don't know where they laid him. The disciples don't believe the women's report. Other ladies arrive at slightly different times. One thing seems clear in the whole story. <coughs> Before anybody sees Jesus, they will first talk to angels. There's some angels inside the tomb, some angels outside the tomb, but first, angels. Why? Because I think the shock of seeing Jesus would probably make them faint or swoon. Being so certain of his death, they couldn't process the sight of Jesus without some help. So some of the women enter into the tomb. Verse number four. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rose again. And they remembered his words. You notice when the angels appear, the word is used, Behold! Which means that suddenly, or unexpected arrival, without any notice, there's two angels standing right there in the tomb, and their clothes shine and light up the darkness of the early morning in the tomb. The women are frightened by the sudden appearance, number one, by the shining clothes, number two. Another group of ladies arrives a little later, and they find two angels sitting on the stone slab, one by the head where the head was, and one by the feet. And the angel, those angels say to them, Come in, 
see the place where Jesus used to lay. Mary Magdalene, apparently in despair, goes back to the tomb by herself. She still wants to wash Jesus' body and care for it. So she goes back to the tomb, kneels down, and looks inside, and she's crying and sobbing. And two angels inside the tomb ask her, Why are you crying? She says, because they've taken away the body of my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. As the angels are inside the tomb, looking out, Mary's looking into the tomb, and the angels look behind Mary, and uh, they think, why is she crying? Jesus is right behind you. <laughs> Mary Magdalene hears a voice behind her. Woman! Why are you crying? And she turns with her eyes all full of tears and says, if you're the gardener here, tell me where you put him. And Jesus just says one word, Mary. She hears her name, recognizes the voice, and turns. It's Jesus. He's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. And she runs and grabs him as if she's never going to let him go. He's alive and he's alive. And Jesus said, you got to let me go. And you want to go tell the others you've seen me. And that was the first sighting of Jesus given to Mary Magdalene after the resurrection because she had been so faithful. Another group of women arrive at the tomb are given the message from the angels, why are you looking for a live person in a graveyard? He's not here. He's risen. And confused, they turn, walk away from the tomb, and as they're walking down the road, confused, doubting, not knowing what to do, they see somebody walking toward them on the road. They hadn't noticed anybody before, but there's somebody walking and he says in the Bible, all hail. Now, if it was our language that we use today, it would have been this. Hello there, how are you today? <laughs> sure enough, it's Jesus. They bow and they worship him. So it was the first two appearances of Jesus on Easter morning are to the women who so faithfully served him. The women who never abandoned him to the women who followed him to Calvary, to the women who watched him die, to the women who were eyewitnesses to his burial, to the women who faithfully got up early in the morning before the crack of dawn and headed to the tomb to do one last service to give him a proper burial. Faithful to the end, the women who had waited on Jesus, washed his clothes, cooked his meals, cared for his needs, the women who acted like Jesus' personal servants were rewarded with the first sighting. Angels prepared the way. And when wonder began to revive a ray of hope, Jesus appeared. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> My friends, Jesus wants to say that to you every day. Good morning. How are you? 
But never forget, Jesus always appears to the faithful first. To the ones he can depend on, he comes first. To the ones who stay close through thick and thin, he comes first. To those who will do the menial tasks, to those who will never give up, Jesus will come to those people first. And when he does, he will fill the hearts with joy. Because, my friends, you never will experience true vitality of life until you come in contact with Jesus, who said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There's no greater joy, no more fulfilling work, no more exciting way to live than serving Jesus with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. On that first Easter morning, Jesus appears to the faithful women before anyone else. The first Easter teaches us, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful unto death. God said, I'll give you a crown of life. People who faithfully serve him and never quit will be rewarded with private meetings and special visits. I can say that from experience. And so good morning, I say to you, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the faithful women who came that morning and never abandoned, who watched you die and watched you suffer, watched you be buried, and then found out that you were risen again. Let it be a lesson to us that we must be faithful to the end. We must never give up. We must always search for Jesus and that when we do so that he will come to us with special visits and appearances we will know that he is real beyond all doubt when we see him and hear his voice speaking in our hearts so bless us on this Easter morning help us to learn from this that those who faithfully served in the most menial ways were the first ones on Jesus list Bless us, Lord, as we gather again through this morning. And we thank you for all the folks that are here now. Ask your special blessing on them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to sing one more song, He Lives, on page 498. And I, people have asked me, uh, do you preach the same sermon on the second service? I told you last week, I have never done that in my whole life. And I didn't tell you something else. I always save the best for last. (laughs) So I'll turn over to 498. Stand together as we sing. 498, he lives. Page 
grateful for the kindness that you have shown towards us and the love that you have shown. And we are ever grateful that you have risen from the dead. We know it and believe it deep in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would be those faithful ones, those close ones to do all those little tasks and the things that you have called us to do. Help us never to be weary in well-doing, but always to step up and do those things for we know that you come and have a special time with those who are faithful. We are grateful for the visits that we have had from you. We are grateful for the love and the kindness and that you watch over all of us and you are there for us, Lord. We are grateful for all these things, and we know in our hearts again that you are risen indeed. Just pray that you would help us to have that throughout our hearts throughout this coming week.